The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. that tune and it doesn't take you to a certain place time in front of a tv set then you know that um you're way too young way way too young because um that is the kind of music that i think a lot of us actually grew up uh, listening to especially if you watched seven delan and um that really is the story that forms the context for our next conversations fans of the afrikaans soapy have been holding uh, pickets and protesting in particular against the sabc's decision to drop the long-running story now the public broadcaster citing financial reasons for why it cannot continue the run of Seven Delan. And it's not the first time that we've seen how fans react, um, particularly when things do not turn out at least the way that we would want. This morning, we're going to try and understand this culture of super fans, super fanatism, really. Where does it come from? How do we begin to make sense of it? What would push a young man to travel all the way from Cape Town to Johannesburg to hand over a petition to the public broadcaster to say, I demand that you reinstate the Soapy series. And that's the conversation we'll have in this hour. Let me welcome onto the show in studio with me, Phil Mpela. He's an entertainment commentator. You may see his tweets um, on social media. Um, well, are they still tweets? They're, yeah, they're still tweets. His hey. exes, <laughs> you might see. <laughs> you may have seen his exes, uh, but mostly focusing on the entertainment industry. He's always got all of the latest news and, and a bit of gossip somewhere there. Uh, Bronwyn Williams is a partner at Flux Trends. Bronwyn, good morning. Hello, Bronwyn. Yes, good morning. Oh, there we go. Great to have you on the line. And Jermaine Christians is the founder of the Seven Delan May Know fan, fan base. Um, and he's, of course, been able to build uh, a supportive community. Over half a million followers. Jermaine, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, SFM listeners. Ron Wen and Mr. And, and Phil, sorry, Should, if I say his name correctly. Yeah, you, you did say it correctly. No problem, Jermaine. <laughs> so, so Jermaine, I, I think that the first thing to start is perhaps for you to help us understand how you moved from just watching a soapy, like any other soapy on TV, to the point where you are now publicly advocating for the continued stay of the series. What does Seven Delan mean to you? Where did this relationship begin? So, Kathy, the relationship began back in 2015 when I started Seven Delan Menno, which is the fan page, like you said, on Facebook. And it has grown with over half a million fans that feel the same way uh, regarding the soapy. So I've got a great love for the industry and my dream is still to be within the industry, you know, and become an actor. So I think that's where the love started. Back then, as a little boy, I always, I remember always telling my family that I can just get in at the back of the, you know, those box, t- that, those box TVs, which is no longer really in existence. And then I'm going to be on the show and I can come back home. So it's that's where the love started for this, this specific soapy. And yeah, and that's why I'm advocating for Seven Line to remain on air, you know. Mm. And then over some time, I grew a relationship with some of the, uh, the, the the actors in the soapy in 2019 with COVID-19. 
I approached some of them on social media, asked them to do lives with, on our Facebook platform to interact with the people, you know, seeing that they've got more time on their hands, not being at, um, at studio or at work. And the, the, the love for the soap just grew even more, you know, because of the, the welcoming personalities and the fact that they include us as fans, you know, and make us part of the storylines and everything else. And then I have thankfully got to meet them when they came to shot in Cape Town back in 2021. And I was totally blown away because then I had the privilege of then being the duomini that um, married Connie and Andre, you know, two of the actors. So really, really, it's been a journey. And after that, that's where it all started back in 2015. Jermaine, you sound incredibly committed, but it also seems like a lot of hard work. What are you having to sacrifice to put in all the hours of maintaining this communication, of running those lives on Instagram? I mean, when you're taking up the content, right, and you're seeing it on social media, it all looks easy. But the reality is that there's a lot of logistics and planning behind the scenes. Definitely, it's not that easy. You know, um, luckily, I've got a great team behind me. I'm not the only one. I've got specifically for the hashtag SaveSevenLine campaign, I've got Joel Matthews and then Caitlin Y. And then we are basically a group of 10 to 15 administrators that works on content and, you know, every evening trying to keep the people entertained and informed. And especially now with this campaign running, it, it, it's been hectic, but it's really, it's, it's rewarding in the sense of it helps me personally, it, it helps me to grow. You know, I've never been as outspoken before. I've been, but not to the 16. Yeah. And it, it really helps a lot. It, it, I've really grown ever since 2015 up until today. You and, know, and and, and so, do, yes. do, do do you consider yourself a super fan, Jermaine? I would say, I wouldn't really. Yes, maybe I am based on you maybe. know what I put out there, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I definitely I just consider myself a dedicated viewer, you know, and then someone that is currently advocating, you know, and against the fact that they want to end the show, SBC wants to end the, the soapy. And really just advocating for those 120 plus minus people and their jobs at um, Seventh Line, you know, that's my main concern. And I think because of that, I come across basically recently as a super fan. Mm. But definitely, I, I just have a great love for the soapy, its people and the industry as a whole. All right, Jermaine, thank you so much for, for opening up for us and uh, really laying that that context in terms of where you and, and Seventh Line meet. Phil, this is often something that you see in the States where, you know, people become so involved, especially in programming or with artists, that they there's absolutely nothing they, they wouldn't do mm. uh, to help support their faves, as, as, as it's uh, called now. Do we have a culture of super fanatics in South Africa? Or is Jermaine really a unicorn? Is he, <laughs> <laughs> is, is he there by himself? Well, we, we, we do have that kind of like, you know, um, super fan culture. But to take it to this level of Jermaine, it's something that is uh, very unique and, and very impressive, you know. Um, I think with, with, with what he has done with um, the fandom, and the fan base of Seven Deline has been something that has been remarkable to watch because a lot of the time we 
we talk about appreciating the art, we talk about appreciating our celebrities here in South Africa, but it's very rarely that we express it as South Africans or even go to those lands to show it. So um, I think he, he he's an exception in a way, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's beautiful to see. But unfortunately, I feel like uh, by the end of this conversation, the end of this hour, <laughs> he's not going to like me. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, because... Um, Fans sometimes are removed from the reality of the industry. And the reality of the industry is that this is a business, you know. So a lot of what we're going to be talking about today will inevitably lead to the fact that, hey, this is a business. If if yeah. there's no capital to keep the business going, you cannot just keep the business going because, you know, your customers want you to have that store. If you don't have the capital to have the stock in No, but Phil, is, is, isn't the argument that, you know, mm. ratings basically yeah. determine everything? Yes, if 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 Jermaine has over half a million followers mm-hmm. just on this page, yeah. we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stop it. <laughs> yes, yes, go on. If 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 Jermaine has over half a million followers on this page, yeah, surely that is translating into viewership. Isn't that what is needed to bring in the money? At face value, yes, it seems like that, right? But you look at these numbers conservatively, uh, conservatively, because the reality is, uh of those 500,000 that are on the page, probably only about maybe 40% are like, you know, um, the regular viewers, you know. Because here's the thing about television and especially with soapies, right? Um, a lot of the time, fans watch pay story blocks. So I will come in because I love a particular story and I will stay for that story. When that ends, then I'm like, ah, I'll come back when something else is interesting. So um You'll have a core audience, yes, that will stay regardless of whatever the story is and all of that. So, so when you're looking at um, social media, you know, I always say to people, that, uh, just because a show trends doesn't not mean that people are actually watching that show. You know, because a lot of the time people are will communicate simply because other people are, you know, this thing, the kids call it FOMO <laughs> kind of thing. But that is not to take away from the fact that... Um, Seven Deland has an audience, and I mean, at some point, we'll probably be talking about the issue of representation. I think uh, I was expecting that maybe Jermaine would bring that up, that, you know, the fact that, you know, there's an Africans, you know, soapy on SABC, you know, which is accessible to the majority of the television viewers in South Africa because it's linear television, you know, it's not like pay TV. Um, it's important, and it's important to preserve shows like that, to make sure that shows like that don't um, end up being... Uh, a one-off kind of thing. You know, for me, Seven the Line is like Mubango. You know, um, those are kind of shows that the broadcaster should fight. Um, the brands that buy in into uh, the media sales for these shows should actually be cognizant of the fact that these shows are representatives of m- uh, groups that are not represented widely within the broadcasting spaces. So, yeah. Bronwyn, let me bring you in here. Your own observation around, you know, super fanatism in a country like South Africa, and I'll put the same question to you. Is Jermaine really, um, you know, sort of amongst the only ones of fans that are willing to go as as far as he has? Well, I think from my perspective, uh, I'm coming at this from like a trend analyst perspective. It is something that we've been looking at for quite a long time. And this really has its roots in the emergence of what has been overexposed as being the so-called ownership economy. And this is where we're starting to see that whether you're talking about brands and have their customers or whether you're talking about like celebrities or shows in this case that have their fans, 
we see more symbiotic two-way relationships developing. And it's very much part of the same sort of really macro trend that social media opened up with us with the advent of so-called Web2, which really transformed communications. That's why broadcast is such a great example to talk about this from a one-way top-down broadcaster broadcast something and fans were passive to much more two-way parts of conversation. I mean, we can see this, what's going on with the, the wars in the moment and what how social media has shaped so much of the discourse and even the politics of what's going on with geopolitical affairs at the moment. So we're not surprised we start seeing this in, the, in more fandom-based relationships, as has been mentioned today. But really, we've got this idea of two-way relationships and how brands and how celebrities and how broadcasters now have to deal with fans as a source of content and as a source of curation and having a source of input into what is created. So it becomes a conversation rather than a broadcast difference is standing on a stage and talking to someone yeah. and having a conversation yeah. with someone. That's how we've really got to see how fandom is shifting to a much more active space. And I think this is definitely not just a South African phenomenon. It's happening across the world. We have a voice now. We have a voice. And as you said, Jermaine's organized this on social media. This is why all these things tied together. But I think a great example to sort of crack open this conversation and see just how far these two-way relationships have gone. And also to take it away from the more sort of contextual issues that can be a bit controversial in this case around issues of access and around issues of language and all those sorts mm. of things. A great example here is the example of the Taylor Swift fandoms. I mean, we know how much money she's making. We know that like her and Beyonce now make more money than the GDPs of some small countries, which is just extraordinary. But what's really interesting in terms of a trend perspective is Taylor Swift fans have now proposed the creation of a Taylor Swift fan union. Now, this is fans saying not only they want a creative say in the content that their idol produces for them, sure. they're also even sure. suggesting that they should actually get benefits for being fans for the fan work that they do in promoting the person that they adore. They're saying that they should have things like healthcare benefits, for what? example. <laughs> they, should, they should be supported. They should be paid for contributing. And that's quite an extreme example. And yet, they have, and yet it could be quite satirical. No one's literally like taking Taylor Swift to court and saying, you've got to pay us for being your fans. But it's, it, is, it is a great example of the ownership economy, which is what this tying into. And this has its roots in, as I said, social media started the two-way conversation, but the ownership came up with the Web3 conversation, where we had the likes of crypto and we had the likes of NFT as silly as they are underneath the hype and the mania around bitcoin and crypto and nfts is this idea that people that have a stake in something that they are supporting that someone else is benefiting from someone else is creating they're wanting to be compensated for that too so that was the whole idea of the so-called creator and co-creator economy whereby using things like which as i said nfts and crypto cracked open this conversation you could essentially become a shareholder in the projects that you support. Now, this can be a literal in the sort of crypto sense or a more figurative in the case of what Jermaine is doing. He's saying he's not just a passive fan. We're actually stakeholders in this project that we are supporting, in the show that we are supporting. And we're prepared to put work in, but mm. we also want to get something out. So perhaps ways to continue this conversation and sort of tie these things together with some of the other commentators we've spoken about today is that you know, we have all these tools available to us in terms of fundraising, in terms of tokenization, in terms of crowdsourcing. 
And it might be a case of saying, oh, you've got this half a million people that want to support the show. Well, how about we sort of put our money where our mouth is? But not in a donor point of view. Why can't we have essentially like fan-based, token-funded public sector broadcasting? That's That would be a really interesting conversation. Why aren't we making use of these technologies to actualize the social and the technological movements around us. But then, of course, the fans should be compensated, right? If you're contributing, you're essentially being like a micro-producer. Why can't we look at sort of distributing the, the advertising takes and the and all the various things that come with it, the mm-hmm. productization, the merchandization? I think these are very exciting conversations because they talk to new co-created, co-shared co-value creates and value sharing relationships between citizens state between consumer between you know brand whatever it is we're looking at so 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 one of the one of the concerns that i have is that it sounds to me that a a lot more pressure then is being is being put on um individuals that have fans and i know it's across the board so that's why i don't want to yeah. say artists because you'll have politicians that have you know fans you'll have uh, yes. sporting artists uh, i mean sportsmen and women that that have these fans but surely w- where does that leave room for the individual to still exist as what they are because you know the reason you say you mm. you are a fan of serena williams is because she is you know a top tennis player but to now expect her to wear the shoes that you suggest she wears or have an outfit um, <laughs> that she plays in, is, is that not eroding this person's own independence? And how do you find that um, stars are managing those, those, those expectations, which is really what they are, expectations of them? Of course, there's a trade-off there, but I think that the, the big sort of elephant in the room in that conversation is that these celebrities are reflective of, so societal Matthew effects and winner takes all effects. They have outsized rewards in terms of inequalities of power and wealth. We do know that. We know that at a deep level that the, the big celebrities have huge wealth compared to their fans. They have huge power compared to their fans. And they are beneficiaries not just because of their talent, but also there's luck involved with that too. We know this is the way the world works in terms of endowments of talents and money and access to power and privilege. So I think that that conversation could go two ways. I think what people are really asking for is a fairer distribution of rewards that come from essentially being in a community. I think what's important to realize is that you cannot be famous, you cannot be a celebrity without your fans. And that's what the last few years, this is what the Web3 conversation, the ownership Mm. economy conversation, the fandom conversation has been about at a deeper level. This idea of wanting to share, not just in the reflected glory from the stage, but actually to be part of the rewards that you're contributing towards. The sense that you nobody nobody can do this alone. You can't be famous by yourself. You have to have fans to go right. along with you. But yes, of course, it comes with the trade-off. And yes, of course, there are boundaries and lines. But what I'm interested in from a sort of futures perspective and a more practical perspective is how we are seeing celebrities portioning off certain parts of their fandom to share with their fans. So as I said, NFTs were the shallow end of the pool there, but we're seeing all these sort of much more co-created collaborative campaigns now that are layering on things like, including things like 
virtual reality and collaborations with like virtual fashion where fans can get involved with designing objects that can then be bought and sold and then also share the profits of where their creative contribution has come in. And we're seeing more and more of these projects. Again, it's still early days, but we're going to see more of that. All right. We'll continue the conversation in a moment. You heard the voice there of Bronwyn Williams. Uh, Jermaine Christians, who is the founder of the uh, Seven Delan, may know really uh, our case study for this morning is still on the line and Phil Mpela is in studio. We'll continue in a moment. It's time 30. Time for your latest news headlines. SAFM 104 to 107 Nationwide. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're looking at super fan culture. I wonder how far have you gone? What is it that you would be willing to do to show just how much you love your idol as it is. That's why the entire show was conceptualized, right? American Idol. Who is your idol? And what? how far would you go, really, in being a fan? What do you make of uh, somebody like uh, Jermaine and the great effort that he has gone to uh, to support his beloved Soapy? Uh, joining us for this conversation is Jermaine Christians. He is uh, the Seven Delan Maino uh, leader, if I can put it, that, uh, put it as that, in inverted commas. He's started at the fan page in 2015. Bronwyn Williams is partner at Flux Trains and uh, Phil Mpela is an entertainment commentator. Phil, I, I want to build on this idea that Bronwyn has, has put forward uh, mm. around co-creating. Yeah. That fans want to feel that they have a stake yeah. in whatever it is that is being done. Now, you see this a lot with soccer fans, right? Mm. If the team loses... Yeah. Everybody has a say on who they think should play, who doesn't deserve to be in the team, etc., etc. It seems to me that there was a point where that could be ignored mm. um, without social media. Social media has made it difficult because yeah. even your fans will drag you <laughs> if they feel that you are not listening to yeah. what they have to say. Yeah, but now that in itself also comes with the issue of... Um, not everybody are is subjective, mm. right? So not everybody's gonna like the same thing. Yes, <laughs> yes. So now who do you listen to? Because the fans, the fans are probably a spectrum <laughs> of fans. So who do you listen to and who do you ignore, even in that context? You know mm. what I mean? So it's a it's a uh, it's a difficult one, and I, and I would imagine that producers, you know, uh, have a hard time mm. in terms of trying to appease, you know, the fan base, whatever. But I I always say, Jorge, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with investing in uh, appreciating somebody's art. However, there's also an element of artistic uh, integrity that you have to respect. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved Paula on 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 Seven Delight, you know, <laughs> but I understood that Dear Lawrence had to move on and go do other things as an actress, right? So now, as a fan of the show and as a fan of Paula, do I now sit and now protest that no, 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 Diane? What are you doing? Stop your was, life and I, come back to I the was, show. I was so upset when they when they wrote her out. I was so upset. I think that's probably closer to when I stopped watching the show. Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. So, so it's that element, and also. I mean, these shows have to evolve, you know, mm. uh, um, with, with the time. I mean, Jermaine only started watching the show in 2015. The mm. people who are watching it <laughs> as far back as, you know, 2002. So there's an, an, an involvement that has to happen. And unfortunately, that involvement comes with some having to lose certain things. And um, fans have to understand, Jorge, um, Seven the Line could actually be a catalyst for more things. There could be a spin-off. The characters that they love on Seven Deland could actually get a spin-off. They could be yeah. advocating for, okay, fine. Um, you can maintain, you know, the resources that comes with actually putting on this show 
hey, how about we do a series with our faves? You know, so so there are many other things that fans can be involved in in terms of being co-creators. You know, to make sure that you know the show's legacy lives on. One of the other things that I've seen, just talking about, you know, the increasing pressure that that there is on, you know, celebrities, people that that are that are in the public eye, that have fans, mm. is is that when it comes to social media, more and more, you're seeing a pressure for people to actually engage, yeah. um, not just engage in in terms of um, putting posts out there about themselves, mm. maybe about aspects of their lives, but, you know, people will hold Instagram lives, they'll yeah. hold um, X spaces, et cetera, et cetera. Where is that coming from? What is it the fan culture that's driving that, do you believe? But here's the reality, though, Katie. Mm. You know, this existed. For as long as we've had <laughs> stars, really, you know, it's, it's in in what there. ways? You know, people, in what in what ways? Write letters, you know, you know. Yes. I, mean, I mean the extreme and the 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 the, the set, you know, uh, um, side of it is when you've had people like you know that Hinkley guy who who shot uh, Reagan because he was a fan. He was trying to impress Jodie Foster. Yes. You know, you've got that. Uh, um, there's a wonderful uh, documentary on Netflix right now about this uh, British journalist who was uh, murdered outside of a house by a fanatic. You know, um, so it's always been there. You know, this thing, Yahore. Just because I like what you do, I have, you know, ownership in your in mm. your life and what you curate and curate, you know. So it's always been there. Just that right now, um, we've got platforms where these fans can actually articulate it, you know, which in a way is a good thing because now nobody feels the need to come to your workplace, Katie, yes. to kind of interact with you. Now they can just interact with you via social media, you know, at least there's that boundary and then your safety can at least, you know, uh, be protected there. But yeah, but it's always been there. It's not a new thing. Uh, 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 fans have always been there i mean in america for instance i mean when i was growing up i used to you know know of these fan groups that you know people would have around musicians and whatever and so and, and those still exist and they still exist in those a way still you, know, exist. You, know, you know so people think that they're swifties and they're the beehives whatever it's a new thing no it's not <laughs> it's always been there jermaine I, I want to come back to you what would you say it actually costs you to be to be a super fan because you you're not getting paid for for any of this work are you you and um the 10 to 15 administrators that that are running the campaign that are running the social media um pages do you derive any financial benefit from it okay no nothing at all you know and that's the thing we don't want to be you know remunerated for what we are doing we're simply just asking to keep the show on air because it speaks to us, it's this, this cultural diversity, you know, there's the language thing, whereas there's many languages covered within the soapy, and you don't get this on national television any longer, you know. And then Phil mentioned that, you know, money could be an issue, or like the SBC say, that is the main reason why they're ending the show. So now I ask myself the question, and I asked the SBC these questions. They haven't responded yet, though. They're not good at responding. And then I asked this question, such as, what did the SFC do to bring in funding? Because surely, because it's a, it's a, it's an iconic soapy, many people would be interested in investing. And then mm. another factor is the corruption at the SFC. I mean, there's not, there's everybody knows that the SFC, there's lots going on there. It's in the news every week. So now, because of that, people do not want to invest because the show is affiliated with the SFC. So what have they done? you know, in order to bring in the, the necessary money. I mean, the, reasons, the, the recent um, stats uh, uh, shows that 1.2 million views. I mean, 
now what did the marketing team do, you know, to get people on board? Mm. Where's the sponsors? You know, I, I asked all these questions. Despite load shedding and all those socioeconomic um, issues and things we are dealing with in South Africa, the and, numbers yeah. still remain it still remains constant in the in terms of people are still tuning in and it's still the second most watched soapy on SBC. You know, so how come you take away seven lines specifically and not something else that doesn't bring in any money at all, you know? So it's just a and, matter and, of and Jermaine, how do they even Yes, yes. Are are you at all willing to contend with what Phil said earlier on that programs, TV programs, and the way that stars do almost have a lifespan. They have a life cycle. And it becomes part of the inevitable aspect of of the industry. That change will come. That you're never going to have a program that runs in perpetuity, really. Yes, yes. No, no, I totally understand that. I get that. But now I ask myself the question, why is it that it has to come to an end in this way specifically, you know, they said it's financial issues and whatsoever suggestions were made. We've communicated with them. We've brought a lot of things to the table that we can do as a fan base. I think it was Bronwyn that mentioned, why don't the fans, you know, almost like create a terms of a community and then gather the funds that the SBC needs. We suggested lots of things, but nothing gets responded on, you know? So now I ask myself the question, is it really funding or is it something else? Uh, so they also mm-hmm. mentioned that Afrikaans could be part of the problem. So now then why? Why the language mm, specifically? Mm. So then it tells me that it's not the funding alone, that there's lots going on in the background that we're not aware of okay. as fans. And that is how, that is actually why we are against the fact that they are bringing the soapy to an end, you know? All right. Uh, Phil, I'll take your comment in a moment. I know you want to come in. Um, I'll take your calls as our listeners on 086-000-2032. Uh, that's the number to dial to the studio line, 86 2032 what do you make of super fans and who are some of your favorite super fans already in the open line we had lots of people speaking about mama joy uh, who's a, a a soccer or a sport super fan she's now traveling the world you know from game one game to the other she's no longer just uh, a soccer super fan but a sport uh, super fan and that's how she's branded herself what do you make of that phil Okay, uh, so let's start with uh, the Jermaine situation, right? Uh, and and um, I feel I feel I feel bad having to put this on, you know, um, because I understand his frustration, and I I I actually believe that you know re- representation on the public broadcaster is very important. But sometimes, guys, there are no conspiracy theorists, and and all. Sometimes it's just a practical reason you know we we were all sad when isidingo went off air you know because we loved isidingo and i mean at the time it was the number one show on sabc3 you get what i'm saying but business-wise it did not make sense for you know the broadcaster to continue with the show because of the cost and whatever and i don't know if jermaine is aware of what had happened um a couple of months ago where the production on seven line had to be halted simply because you know there were issues with money you know, so now Danny Odendal Productions is a company that needs to make a revenue. Danny Odendal is now responsible to the livelihood of the crew and the actors on Siavendalam. So now it costs millions to put on a show like Siavendalam. I bet you even if the fans were to donate, you know, a thousand rand each, it would not carry a show for more than two months or three months. Mm-hmm. 
You get what I'm saying? So the reality is, if you continue to keep the show on air simply because of novelty, what will happen is that we have a situation now where we're going to be having stories and stories where actors of this show and the crew are complaining that they're not getting paid and not being able to feed their families. You know, so that is the reality. And, uh, and, 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 I, and I feel like, you know, Super fans have to understand that, and I'm glad that you asked that question, Jorge. Are you willing to contend with the fact that you know the show has a lifespan at some point in has to end, you know, for whatever reason? So I don't think that we should dwell too much on the issue of thinking, Jorge. There's this malicious, you know, conspiracy around the SABC to kind of like you know do away with Seven the Line. I'm sure Seven uh, SABC would love to keep Seven the Line because it's you know a big show and it's also a competitive show when it comes to you know the language of Africans and the demographic of Africans because why would they want to you know sabotage Seven the Line that is competitive with your cake net and whatever you know they would not do that it does not make business sense you know so um yeah on Mama Joy uh, I think that is a beautiful thing and that's why we look at when 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 being a fan I mean I started off as a fan of the industry you know I'm not a journalist people think that I'm a journalist I'm not a journalist you know I started off as a blogger simply because I was is, a fan uh, of are, the are, industry are these your confessions hey hey we all <laughs> let's not go there <laughs> let's not go there who, who were you stalking <laughs> and where were you stalking them <laughs> yeah, so you see um, as a kid growing up in Northwest you know I was a fan I was not an, an active child so I was not in the streets and whatever you know so television watching television was you know my thing you know I, I, I grew to love the industry and want to be part of the industry because I was a fan of the industry I do what I do now because I'm a fan of the industry so what Jermaine is doing is, is, is beautiful what Mama Joy is doing is beautiful but what I can say is that Jermaine I think can channel you know what he's created with, with, with his team of people into a much more broader thing beyond just Sia Vendelan you know just as the uh, public broadcaster SABC and a platform that has a wider audience reach that might not have the resources to be able to go to pay TV, he could be the catalyst of a platform that actually elevates you know, content on that level and, and, and pushes the SABC to be able to put more programs outside of the seven day line. Because the thing is that um, as a content creator and if you limit yourself to one program, then you're going to have problems because that program at some point is going to end. And then what? But Jermaine doesn't mind because it's what got him here in the first place. I know. All I he know. wants is to see him in the line. <laughs> I know. I Bro- know. Bronwyn, let me bring you, let me bring you in here. And um, I suppose th- this question around diversification goes back to what you're saying around income and revenue mm. streams and fans feeling like you know we do so much work to help uplift your profile and maybe it's time we started having a conversation around um, how we then also uh, start to benefit monetarily from the work that we are doing. Yes, although I think in this particular case, I think it's important to make this point too, especially in light of what's being said, is that the SABC is a public broadcaster and we are citizens of South Africa, first and foremost, before we are fans of particular shows that our taxes essentially end up paying for. And I think that Jermaine's issue really does hit on the core of this fandom community, two-way value creation, value sharing conversation in that as citizens, we should get some value for our contribution to our states. And as SABC license payers, we should have at least access to things that we want to watch and view. I think that this hopefully will crack open a conversation with the people who do work for us as civil servants. We have to remember they do work for us. 
that they should be listening to us as citizens and as viewers and as fans of shows that we are really paying for and funding as citizens of this country. And that perhaps there is room and we have the tools, we have the technologies, we have the platform. Why can't the SABC listen to someone like Jermaine? Or in fact, listen to all viewers of the SABC. Why can't the viewer through an app get to vote on where funding is going to go. We know funding is scarce. We know you have to make choices in terms of what is broadcast. But this whole conversation of two-way value creation is that we are part of this community. We're part of, we as, as fans, we're part of the community of a show, as citizens, we're part of the community of the state. And we should be listened to. We shouldn't just be passively recipients of decisions that are made by people who are supposed to actually be serving and working with us. So I think these conversations about civil servants and about public enterprises serving us are, are worthy conversations to have. I think they're important conversations to have ahead of the elections coming up. So I'm sorry for sort of broadening this conversation to a slightly bigger picture, mm -hmm. but I think there are mechanisms and why can't we as viewers, as listeners of radio shows too, why don't we get, get a say as to which shows get continued or get cancelled? Like why aren't we asking people? Why are we making assumptions? And this will also help us to make public broadcasters, whether they're radio stations or television stations, more sustainable because as we know that's one of those issues, another one of these big elephants in the room. We know these platforms aren't sustainable. They are running into funding problems. The funding problem is that SABC is not being paying the producers like we spoke about earlier. Like we need to make those choices, but hopefully we can make those choices together and then we make better choices. And that's the whole point of this fandom perspective. It's not just about supporting shows or supporting pop stars or supporting sporting teams. It's about having a say in the things that you contribute to and about sharing value more fairly across society. I mean, this cuts to the really big issues of society, issues of inequality, issues of equity, issues of justice and issues really of democracy. So I think these are this is a very important conversation. I think it's a great example. And thank you so much for inviting Bronwyn, us to talk about it today. Bronwyn, isn't it a bit of a, a misnomer when it comes to how much of a say fans can have? Um, the, the, the one thing that's clear is that when people obviously attach to whether it's a certain individual or show, etc., that becomes niche, right? So you develop a community yeah. that is all supporting one thing, whereas broadcasters, by and large, are not just focused on the interests of a small group or maybe even a big group of people, but they have to account across various standards. So, you know, the decisions that I imagine are taken by uh, somebody when deciding what to actually uh, put on A are very different to what um, maybe a Jermaine would, would consider. And and where does that come in? Because, and, and we know that relationships are so versatile and can be complex. Sometimes maybe a show doesn't get continued because I had a fight with my manager. Um, but that's not something that people want to go out and speak publicly about. Yeah, I think I think they're the cases that it's not just Jermaine and his fan group that matters. It's everybody else in the country, too. It's competing for the same set of resources. That is the airtime in this particular case, right? And the budgeting and the funding. But at the same time, if people are, do care enough to put petitions together, they probably care more than other people. So those votes do get a bit of weight. They do get pl platforms on, on your radio station, too, to talk about this because it has a groundswell, because there's momentum, because we know that eyeballs and attention do translate into capital, particularly in the media space. But why aren't we seeing these things as more collaborative of having not just Jermaine, but other groups that want their shows on, that other fans and other people that have ideas to pitch? Why aren't these more two-way conversations? And I think right. what's particularly disappointing to me is how the SABC hasn't answered 
like they could be very honest they could be much more upfront but i know this is a big part of this conversation is they're not having a conversation it's a one way it's it's now a one way from fans up to the studio rather than from the studio down so we've kind of we've kind of closed that circle but i like i like conversations i like more people competing competition is good all right and of course more voices <laughs> should be heard but yeah let's 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 see what people want all right bronwyn let me go to howick don good morning good morning don hi how you uh, there yes Hi, girl. Thanks for an amazing show um, and amazing uh, listeners' response as well. You know what's amazing um, is that if one goes back years gone by, my, sorry, my unfortunate was a bit long. Um, we go back to old series. Oh, okay, Pop from Seventy Land. We go back an American series. Um, there's so many shows way back, Dallas for one. Everyone was glued to the TV screens uh, at 7 p.m. Um, just after the news on a Tuesday night. And those days, um, it was like, wow, dishes are washed. Everyone was like um, sorted and we glued to the TV. There's so many things. Now, when it comes to SABC uh, TV licenses, we know there are millions of people not paying licenses. I know it's going to be used time, so I'm going to make it short and sweet. Um, and, you know, uh, iconic things like um, Seven Delon. Um, oh, goodness me. <laughs> it unfortunately is, you know, what it is. But it's a case of, you know, we can, I don't know, um, maybe. <laughs> don't. I know what you're, I know what you're are you, saying. Are you okay? I know. Yeah, I'm fine. I know what you're saying, girl. <laughs> I know what you're saying. It's just that, you know, uh, okay, news time is just around the corner. Um, okay, I'll wait till after 11 and I'll give you a call back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don, 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 Don might be a fan of this show. <laughs> Getting a bit of stage fright there. Don, 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 Um I'm looking at the time. We're almost completely done for, for this conversation. Um, Jermaine, let me perhaps give you the, the, the final shot in terms of closing before I come on to our guest. What is it that you would like people to understand and to know about the work that you and your administrators are, are doing? What is it all in pursuit of? Okay, I would just like, before I go there, I'd just like to say, I think Phil mentioned that, you know, we shouldn't go based on this conspiratorial theory, but it's not based on conspiratorial theory, though. You know, um, David Makubanya from the SBC mentioned on Morning Live that Afrikaans is part of the problem. It's not like we made it up. And then secondly, I just want to say thank you very much to everyone that is in support of this cause, you know. It's ultimately to save the jobs of those local, um, our very own local talent and actors and actresses here in South Africa, you know. It's not some Turkish person that has got, you know, that's in a dubbed series somewhere in Johannesburg, but it's actually our very own, you know. And I'm appreciative of the fact that they are still employed, you know. And then it's all in support of our language, my mother tongue, my mother language, you know, Afrikaans, and so many other things such as their jobs that could be saved. You know, simply if the SBC try and get other sources of sponsorship and investors, et cetera. And I just want to say thank you to Change.org, you know, the people that is managing the petition for me, and my admin team such as Matthew, Joel, Caitlin, um, and then many other fans. 
the 44,000 people that signed the petition, I'm, I'm immensely grateful. All right. And all right. yeah, we're all fighting right, till the very end. All right. We, we wish you all of the very best um, in that fight. Bronwyn, Bronwyn your, your parting shot briefly. Yeah, I just think that in general, maybe we do need to listen a bit more closer to the people who are supporting us because without them, we lose our position of power, privilege and the ability to broadcast. So that would just be my parting thought. Yeah, all about two-way conversations, not about one-way monologues. All right, Bronwyn, thanks for that. Phil, you'll have the last word. Um, just fans supporting shows and supporting arts and supporting our artists is a beautiful thing and I think we should continue doing that um, I wish Jermaine all the best and even if the show ends I mean the legacy of the show is still there and he can still continue to do content around that and also be the, 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 the leader in um, influencing you know the decisions that are made around Africans content on the public broadcaster yeah, maybe the next hashtag lighter the lawn. Mm. You know, no, there's many, many, much more so content. Many, yeah, so, so many, so many different ways that you could look at that. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll leave it there with that particular conversation for today. Thank you to Phil Bronwyn and Jermaine for being part of it. The Friday wind down comes up on the other side of the eleven o'clock news.